Welcome to the iCrush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado, and I am happy to be back again. Uh, took a long vacation. It's been great, but I am back and I'm refreshed and ready to go. Uh, there's so many cool things happening uh, in California, all kinds of Texas barbecue goodness here and all over the place, really. So I'm really, really excited um, you know, Moosecraft Barbecue is now open, and they actually announced that they're uh, open Thursday through Sunday, starting this coming Thursday. So I'm really, really excited about that. Andrew and Michelle have worked really hard. Their restaurant is beautiful, and they are putting out some great barbecue with with great brew to go with it, too. So uh, if you haven't been, make sure you uh, you head out to Moosecraft Barbecue. Uh, another thing is uh, Heritage Barbecue is about to have their one-year anniversary. And that's really, really exciting. They're bringing in a lot of folks from all over the place. Ten pitmasters total. Um, so it's going to be incredible. I've, I've had the pleasure of helping them organize this. Um, so we, we've got so many, so many rock stars, including um, Brian Bingham, who is the guest on my show for this episode. So Brian Bingham, uh, Luis Rivas, who's coming from Monterrey, Mexico. Uh, that's pretty, that's going to be pretty cool. We have uh, international representation here. Uh, we have um, Stephen Rossler, uh, Cade Mercer, John Brotherton. Uh, who's also bringing his main man, uh, the one and only Sausage Sensei, Mr. Bill Dumas, who just had a birthday, by the way. So happy birthday, Mr. Dumas. Uh, We have uh, Tyler Harp, who just had an incredible event out in Kansas City. Wish I could have made that, but um, hearing nothing but uh, great things about that. uh, that, uh, I think it's going to be an annual thing for him. We have uh, Drew Braz from Harper. Uh, of course, these guys have been building pits and crushing it, um, but uh, they have a restaurant coming up too. So um, they're going to be cooking. Um, and then we have Mr. Bates from Interstellar Barbecue, one of my favorite spots there. Uh, he's going to be in town as well. Um, Kyle Stall- Stallings from Rolling Smoke. Uh, Jeremy Brand from Brisket Country. And then we have my buddy Brett Boren, who's, uh, you know, Brett's Backyard Barbecue. We have a long history together, old buddy of mine. Um, so I'm really, really excited to have him in. And there's going to be a special guest, too, um, that uh, I don't think the word's out just yet. So I won't uh, spill the beans. But anyway, all right. Well, kicking it off to this episode. Um, so in this episode, I interviewed uh, Brian Bingham, as I mentioned, formerly of Bodacious Barbecue and Mobberly, uh, and now obviously he's the proud owner of Sunbird Barbecue in Longview, Texas. Uh, so we recorded this show a few days before his job um, at Bodacious came to an abrupt end. Um, it's funny because in the interview he says. You can plan all you want, but you never know what can happen. So certainly, um, you know, that was uh, something that uh, 
that he he had in his mind anyway. So um, it's it's a very inspiring story of a family man uh, that's just determined to do whatever it takes to pursue his passion. He's worked so hard to get to where he is now. Uh, very very inspiring, and he's very thankful. Uh, for the support motivation from his wife, Kimmy. She played a, a big part in in his success and in their success. Uh, so Brian's now ready for the next step in his barbecue career. He's actually already kicked it off. Uh, if you don't know Brian, I guarantee you after you listen to this show, you will be pulling for him. He's one of those guys. Uh, one of the reasons I started this pos- podcast was an episode I heard on another show about Evie Mays, and I was so moved by that story that that it inspired me to want to tell those types of stories. What's ironic to me is that now Brian has bought Evie Mays' trailer to start his own business. So you're not going to want to miss this one. This is Sunbird Barbecue. I hope you enjoy the show. with my buddy Brian Bingham of Bodacious Barbecue on Marberly. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, you know, living the dream. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you're outdoors there, living it up tonight. Get to, today, good, good weather and everything, huh? Oh, yeah. No, it's beautiful out here right now, and I figured it'd probably be easier. I got my kids inside, and we've got a gazillion pets, so... I thought going outside would probably be the safest bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Marberly, that's a city for the folks here in, in California or, or all over um, Bodacious uh, on Marberly or at Marberly. Where, is that a city? No, so Marberly is just the street that we're on. Oh, okay. uh, we're in Longview, but that's just kind of how we identify ourselves, you know, with Bodacious being a franchise or several locations. So that's that's how we identify, you know, so people know which one we are. Okay, perfect, cool. Just wanted to clear it up for some of the folks that are tuning in from from other areas. All right, man, we'll um we'll go ahead and get started. Let's um let, let's talk a little bit about um Brian Bingham, where where you grew up, and and what kind of got you into cooking and and barbecue eventually. Man, so uh, where I grew up is uh, not a lot of people know. It's just a little town called Rowlett. It's in the DFW area and lived there my, you know, my whole life up until I was probably about 20. I think when I turned 21 was when I finally moved to Longview. Uh, but growing up, man, I mean, I, I, I had literally no interest or desire to cook. Like, obviously, I loved eating food. Uh, my dad grilled a lot and uh, stuff like that. But you know, I didn't really, I didn't get into cooking or really eating barbecue until after um, met, I met my wife out here in Longview, and uh, she she's had a real strong background of cooking. She's always wanted to be a chef and go to culinary school and things like that, and uh, so she kind of just me being around her, she opened up my eyes to trying different things, and she actually took me to the first few barbecue places that I had outside of growing up eating chains. You know, like. Back home, all we had was, you know, Soul Man's and Dickies and stuff like that. What's up, dog? <laughs> my dog just came outside. Literally um, your dog. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, my little girl. Say, what's up, Falcor? Uh, <laughs> dude, that's a cool <laughs> collar. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, socks that, that match it. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So uh, my wife is the one that got me into cooking. Uh, you know, she she was always watching Food Network and stuff like that. So I'd watch it with her, just kind of just casually. I didn't really understand it or have any interest in it. Uh, and then when we bought our house, which was probably about seven years ago, I guess we bought our house. Uh, my parents bought me a little grill from Academy because, you know, every man that owns a house should have a grill, right? And um, so, yeah, Absolutely. I just started cooking. I what just started that, kind of did you said 20... Yeah, seven years ago was when we bought okay. our house. And so what's i'm really bad with with numbers so that would be whenever yeah. seven years ago from from today it was. yeah like 14 <laughs> or so yeah right 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 yeah, okay it, yeah because we, we we moved into this house right before my son was born and he's almost seven now so uh but yeah so my parents bought me that grill and like i said my wife kind of just started you know showing me some stuff and and um yeah it just kind of the rest is history from there man like I started just kind of grilling like burgers and steaks and screwing all that up and then decided that I wanted to barbecue just kind of out of nowhere one day and I bought a brisket and before I actually knew anything about smoking like I said it was it was just a a grill it wasn't an offset it was literally a grill so I bought a brisket cut it in half and like had set them like squished into the side to do the, the whole indirect cooking thing and at, you know from that day on i just became insanely obsessed with it and it just snowballed from there like i said i, I it just kind of came out of nowhere i mean i never grew up cooking i never ate anything you know my idea of of eating food was microwave and uh whatever i could cook in the oven you know so <laughs> lots of frozen <laughs> food and things like that you know i i didn't really have any culinary interests at all until until she introduced it to me so what were you doing? Like what, what other kind of jobs were you doing before you uh, decided that, Hey, you know what, this, I want to turn this into some a career. So uh, right before I really got into cooking, I was at, uh, I was at Starbucks. And before that I was at Michael's, I worked at Michael's for, oh man, I, somewhere between seven and, and nine years. I was at Michael's just, it was, I was a manager. I did framing. I did all sorts of stuff there. But I used to be in a band, and that's what that's what brought me to Longview. And uh, so they were pretty lenient with my schedule when I'd go on tour and stuff. So I stayed there forever. Uh, then that ended, and then I got the job at Starbucks, and I was there for probably seven years. Uh, and then so that's what I was doing right before I got into cooking. And it was like I said, literally, it was just kind of out of nowhere, like. She started introducing me to food. I started kind of fooling around with the cooking and I just decided, hey, I'm going to go to culinary school and see if I can turn this into a career. God, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So the so your band comes into Longview. Is that when you met your is that when you met your wife or? So the band is what brought me to Longview because, like I said, mm -hmm. I was still living in the DFW area and I joined that band and I moved out here. And I did that for a few years, did all the touring and all that. And then I got kicked out of the band. And then I literally I knew no one after that ended because, you know, I came here with them. And so me and my wife actually met on MySpace and uh, I just one night I've randomly found her and I was like, Hey, this girl is pretty cute. And I was like, what's up? And so then we just kind of started talking and then the rest is history from there. We've been together for, I don't even know how long we've been together, like 10 or 11 years, something like that. So cool, man. 
So I everybody's gonna want to know why did you get kicked out of the band? <laughs> so it was a it was a Christian band, and I was an adult, and I drank uh, casually, and they didn't like that. Uh, and so, yeah, that was it. That was because it huh? of, because of uh, an adult and beverages. But it's okay. I mean, you know, I was pretty bummed about it because my whole life up until that point literally was music. Like I went to college to try and do pursue pursue music. I, you know, I played in bands my whole life. And so I was pretty lost at that point. Uh, so but it's kind of cool, though, because all of that led me to my wife and my wife led me to what my true passion was. I just had no idea that it was there the whole time, you know? Yeah. That's so awesome, man. And, and had your wife had any culinary experience? I know you mentioned that she thought about going to culinary yeah, school. So she, no, nah, she wanted to, uh, she just never, you know, never was able to get, get there and uh, really take that next leap. Uh, she was working at a hospital full time and she had been doing that for for ages and uh but she just she loved cooking uh she just did it at home she uh is, is self-taught you know so uh she never was able to take that next leap but she just really kind of like i was at first just really like worked and worked and worked at it and mm -hmm. i mean she's a she's a pretty damn good cook like i said she she taught me a lot of the basics uh when i first got into cooking and culinary school so i had at least a general knowledge of everything and then she's grown tremendously as much as I've grown from then to now as well. So when you get into culinary school and you start going through all of the courses in the back of your mind, were you always thinking barbecue or were you thinking like at a restaurant, you're going to be the chef or sous chef and in, in, in yeah. Nova? So yeah. So like when I first got into culinary school, I, I thought I was going to be a chef. I was, super into trying to learn all the crazy techniques for fine dining and all that. And, uh, and I, I don't, like I said, I, I really think the crux of everything was getting that grill and just, you know, I've always had like a, a weird passion, like not passion, but like I've always been drawn to fire. Like I've just always really loved it. And so that really just kind of completely changed my road. Like, like when I first was in culinary school, I was working at, um, in my first year, I applied to every restaurant in town, and the only one that called me back was Golden Corral. And so I was like, screw it, dude. Like, yeah, you know, I got to get my foot in the door somewhere. And so, like I said, my plan from there was to go and try and find a nicer restaurant and just kind of move up and do the, the most I could with where I was living. And uh, that first year was when that passion for barbecue really started growing, and it changed everything for me. So, like, you know, whereas before I was trying to learn all these you know, these techniques, I changed it to learning how to manage fire and obsessing over that. And so every single weekend it was like, okay, what can I smoke now? What can I smoke next? Like who can I have over to eat this food that I think is good, but it's, it's trash, you know, like, mm -hmm. and so it's just like, I really got obsessed with it that first year. And, um, so yeah, I, I just started doing that. And then I was still working in the restaurant. So working at Starbucks. So like I worked Starbucks full time, and I worked there. Then I went to culinary school. Then on the weekends, I worked at both. And then after my first year, the weekend job changed to working at a, a Hilton out here and working with the chef there and just still kind of honing my skills because 
you know, I knew I wanted to pursue barbecue, but like, I also knew that I needed to know more fundamentals of cooking and really be a better cook before I could focus more heavily on the barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw, oh, you recently post a picture of you in culinary school, all slicked and clean cut and everything. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that story. It sounded, it sounded like a pretty cool story. Um, yeah. I'd like you to share that. Yeah, man. So that was, uh, so my culinary school was a, uh, just a two year program. It was kind of like a real condensed version. And, uh, for the second year for your final, you have to essentially create a restaurant, a concept. You had to design it all, decorate it all. Like we had a budget, we had to buy, you know, all the table settings and everything. Like it was, it was really cool. It was, uh, if you've ever watched top chef, when they do restaurant wars, like it was mm-hmm. obviously a way more chill version of that. Uh, but it was really cool, man. Like it really, like, I think that really got my, my gears uh, turning more. Uh, so anyway, so when they told us we had to start planning this, obviously I knew I was going to do barbecue because I was, uh, you know, I was in the thick of it. And so I was trying to figure out what we could do because obviously I couldn't cook the food at home. So like I couldn't smoke the briskets at home and bring them up there. And so I had to like beg my chefs to talk to the school because where our culinary school was at was actually at the Longview high school was where the kitchen was. And so they had to talk to them and get them to approve me taking a smoker up there. So my teacher brought his truck over. And at that point I had upgraded from just the grill from Academy to the offset, which was the same size, but it had the firebox on the side. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I literally stayed up all night. I brought a lawn chair out there and I slept behind the school cooking, uh, two briskets that I had bought from Walmart. Um, I, in the picture you couldn't really see, but I, I got another picture I'll have to post at some point where you can see just the awful trim job I did. Like it had this big, like big ass shark fin on it. Like it, it, it's the, one of the, it's one of the gnarliest looking briskets I've ever seen. But like, dude, I was so proud of it. But like at the time I knew when we were doing it, it was like the briskets weren't getting as done as they should. Because when I say that these things were huge, I mean, literally they took up the entire smoker. So there was like no airflow in there and they just, they weren't cooking. I was probably opening and closing it every five minutes. Cause I was freaking out. Uh, the briskets were, they were fine. They were a little under, you know, looking back on it now, obviously I can look at them and tell that they weren't quite ready, but at the time, dude, I was, I was so pumped. And like, so all that being said, the reason I looked the way I did in the picture. So you're not supposed to be in the kitchen when you're doing this. I'm supposed to be out on the floor talking to the guests, uh, just, you know, talking to everyone about what I'm doing and explaining to them everything, our menu, our concept and all this, and just, you know, just walking around and, and just being in the front of the house. Well, I am a control freak and I refuse to let any of the uh, other students cut my meat. So I told the teacher, I was like, you know, my, cause we had a partner and I told him, I was like, man, you're going to have to go out front. Like I'm, no one's going to cut this brisket. I am. So, yeah, that's why I was all dressed up and had my hair fixed because I was supposed to be out front. But I was like, no, F this, dude. I'm, I'm going to plate all these briskets. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's so cool. All right. So you get through culinary school. 
how was the transition into barbecuing as a professional? Uh, you were still at Golden Corral and, and kind of what was that transition like? So that second year after I graduated, um, I had decided to, I was, I was at the hotel in my second year. I, I worked at Golden Corral for probably about six or seven months. And then one of my other chefs uh, actually got me the job at the hotel I was working at just based off a recommendation. And so that summer after I graduated culinary school, I was like, I'm quitting my other job because at that point, like I said, I was working a full-time job, going to school full-time and working a part-time job. And I had a, uh, my son, you know, had just been born. So I was missing a whole lot of the first few years of his life just because of all the work I was doing. So I said, look, I'm going to take the summer off. uh, And then, you know, that way I was only working at Starbucks at that point. So every weekend, We'd go travel. We'd go eat somewhere. We'd go out to my parents out in uh, Roy City, uh, just having fun, making the most of it. Well, I, I, I don't remember when, but some point in that time frame between my first and second year of school was actually when I, I went and ate at Bodacious, where I work now. Uh, and my wife actually had known Jordan from um, one of her exes. They were in a band together. And so when we went eight there, Jordan saw her and came over and talked to her and they kind of chatted and caught up and she let him know that I was into barbecue. And so he started following me on social media and just following my progress. And so after the uh, the ranking for Texas Monthly came out, when they got named number four, he had come to me and offered me a job. Uh, so like I said, it was I started in August. So the list came out, I think, in November is when the list comes out. So mm-hmm. I started the August after that list had come out uh, and he just, he came to, I was at Starbucks working the drive through and he came up to the window and was like, Hey man, do you want a job? And so I was like, hell yeah. And I literally, I gave my, that day I gave my boss my two week notice, but she knew that I was ready to go and she knew how passionate I was about food. And she came from a uh, culinary background as well. So she let me cover all my shifts and let me basically, I think maybe the next day or the day after I quit and started working at Bodacious. That's it's funny how things work out, man. It, it, it sounds like you, you're a guy that just busts his ass and is going to give everything he ha- he can to, to make sure you, you accomplish your goals. So that that's really, that's really cool to hear that, that story. So you arrive at Bodacious Kind of what were your first tasks and what did what was the build up there? And when did you really kind of start feeling comfortable with everything? So when I first started, uh, I literally all I did was prep. You know, every day I was doing potato salad, coleslaw. I was stocking whatever needed to be stocked up front, um, you know, stocking the wood, um, just that's all I did was just stock, 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 and more stock. And then um, sometimes if I wasn't busy during the lunch rushes, I'd go stand up at the block and just watch whoever was cutting so I could try and absorb the information. Because uh, when I first started, that was when Scott was still there. So it was Scott and Jordan. And I knew they brought me in knowing that Scott was leaving and I was going to replace him. So I literally followed him around like a lost puppy dog. And it was like, every single thing he did i was like why are you doing it this way why not do it this way explain this to me you know why are you doing that like i literally asked him everything he did i just followed him around i was his shadow 
And, um, you know, then I finally started getting to where they'd let me out into the pit room to put wood on the fire. You know, maybe I could put sausage on or pull sausage off because that was pretty easy. Just little simple things like that. Um, you know, then after a little bit more time, I started being able to trim briskets. And as far as when I was comfortable, man, I, I don't know when, probably not for the first few years, to be quite honest with you, because when I first got into it professionally, I already thought I was the man, you know, like I was big headed and arrogant and I thought, oh, my food's the best. And, you know, I got one day, I, I don't remember what happened. I screwed something up or maybe I popped off and I got, I got my ass chewed out and really got put into my place and then whatever whenever that was was really like the pivotal moment in my career because that was when i realized like i don't know as much as i think i do uh so i think that was really the turning point for me when i started feeling a little bit once i humbled myself it was easier for me to be more receptive and learn more than i really was because at that point like i just thought i knew it all you know mm -hmm. and so so that was really when I started gaining the confidence. I mean, you know, I, I still to this day am, am learning and getting better about things. But, you know, the, the confidence once that once that came, everything changed for me, because even before then, like as arrogant as I was, I was still terrified of certain things. You know, uh, when it came to pulling briskets, I would I would literally find whatever busy work I could when it was time to pull briskets because I was so scared like that they were going to be over or under. And so. You know, I was as air, like I said, as, as arrogant and cocky as I was, I screwed up still a lot, but uh, it all changed after that one day for sure. Man, that's that's great insight. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially a lot of folks that listen to the show are are, are in that situation. Right. And, and a lot of times it's you guys make it look so easy. Right. The pros, man, they make it look so easily. You, you go to the restaurant or you'll go to an event and it's like, man, mm -hmm. I could do this, right? But um, it's great that That's you're what sharing. <laughs> it's great that you're sharing this insight, and that you know you you didn't go straight to, you know, doing briskets and ribs, and you were prepping and you were stocking and you were doing mm -hmm. a lot of the grunt work that comes with yes. with being uh, in the food industry. So for sure, and I'm I'm thankful for all that because I mean you know, and I I still do all that stuff today. You know what I mean, like we have such a small staff now and, and I won't jump ahead. We'll, we'll get to all that, but mm -hmm. you know, I still do all the same stuff on top of everything else that I do as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and just for reference for the folks that are tuning in, Scott and Jordan. Yeah. So Jordan and Scott were the ones that reopened bodacious after it had been closed down. You know, the, um, the originator of bodacious Roland, he had gotten sick and closed the restaurant down and, um, you know, I, I don't know all the specifics, but basically Jordan had come into the picture. He had married Roland's daughter and wanted to reopen Bodacious and him and Scott were best friends. They went to culinary school together and they had spent a lot of time working together. And so they came back and opened Bodacious up and Scott ended up moving to Seattle to go be closer to some of his family. And uh, so that's where he ended up. I, I don't keep I don't really keep in touch a whole lot with uh, with him. Me and Jordan, every now and then, we'll still talk. Uh, you know, last I the last I had heard, he's still in Austin. Um, he's out there, and so that's yeah, that's where they're at now. But they had they had gotten it, and they were the ones that you know the number four in Texas and all that. That was all them. Uh, they did that together. So what? Or did you take over the the restaurant? So 
basically Jordan had left Moberly to go work at another bodacious. He was reopening it and kind of trying to turn it into what we were doing. And so he had gone to Gladewater and then he had some personal things that came up and then he ended up in Austin. So like I said, he's out there now he's working at Franklin. Uh, but at the time he was supposed to be running both locations uh, and then it just never really worked out that way. So there was never really like a formal, Hey man, like the store's yours. It just kind of was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't, I don't own anything at Bodacious. I, I just, I run it like I do just because that's how I am. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't own it. I'm just essentially like, like, obviously I'm like the pit master um, slash general manager slash whatever. Uh, so yeah, like I said, there, there was never really a formal, this is when it happened. It just kind of happened. And I want to say it's probably been about two years, I guess, that I've been running it. Uh, I definitely was not ready. You know, like I, I sat there and went through all that, just telling you about how much I had to learn. It was not long after that really that this kind of happened to me. Cause like I said, August would be four years for me. So it's, it's crazy if you think about it that way to think that I've literally been at this place for only not even four years yet. And I went from nothing to running it. Like I definitely wasn't ready. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no experience with running a restaurant. I mean, like literally none. I had been working in a restaurant professionally for like a year and a half at that point when I first started working there. <laughs> so wow. I was literally like as, as green as they come, but like you prefaced earlier, as far as the way I am, like, you know, uh, I work hard and I, I'm not one of those kind of people that gives up. I almost gave up a few times. Um, I went through a lot of really dark times with just feeling, you know, like I couldn't do it. It, but, uh, I, it's another one of those things where I don't know what happened, but something just kind of clicked in my head. And instead of using uh, excuses and feeling sorry for myself, I just was like, okay, like, this is your passion. This is what you want to do. So quit bitching and just do it, you know? And so mm-hmm. I just, it started getting easier for me. And just like anything, it just takes time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're running a full restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what does that entail now? So the restaurant now is literally during the week, there's four of us. Um, and on the weekends, like Fridays and Saturdays, we have a cashier um pre-covid we had a a full-time cashier every day of the week and i had my wife started working there with me and i brought her over um to cook you know she was going to come over and do sides and desserts and then literally as soon as she started is when the pandemic started and that really i mean my goodness that screwed us tremendously you know we had to not only was I, you know, I'm, I'm still to this day learning how to run a restaurant, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be an idiot if I told you after a couple of years that I knew what I was doing. But so on top of all of the struggles I'm already dealing with, okay, now I've got to figure out how do I navigate through a global pandemic, man? Like, so my gosh, that was, that was rough, you know, so we had to cut down on our hours. So now my wife, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is our cashier because I, I could I can't afford to pay anyone else. So during the week, she does the register. Um, I try and do the specials I do plus the cooking and I have 
David uh, that works with me and he is, uh, he cooks with me and he runs the block when we open. Uh, we've got our dishwasher, a manual. And then on the weekends, like I said, we have our cashier pan that, that helps us out. So on the weekends is usually when my wife will do, you know, she does sides or desserts just depending on what we think business is going to be like. And then we'll, we offer curbside. Cause like I said, with, with COVID, we had to really kind of redo how we do a lot of stuff. And it's, it's getting a little bit better now that things are starting to kind of get back to normal, you know, but obviously it's mm -hmm. still not, but yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, I, I, that's one thing I was just going to say real quick. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people understand is like, you know, we're not working with a big giant staff. You know, you would think with the accolades of being number four in Texas and stuff that we would have a big giant staff and all these things. But I mean, it's, it's literally four of us, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm -hmm. sometimes I think, sometimes I think a lot of people don't understand that. And so, and I know I'm not the only one that deals with the, Oh, well, why don't you just cook more thing? Cause everyone deals with that. Right. But it's like, bro, <laughs> we're, we're doing the best we can, man. Mm -hmm. And what are you guys cooking on there? So the pits that we have are like very unique and different. Uh, we're running Buley's. Uh, ours don't have the automatic controls like a lot of them do. So we do it manually. Uh, but they are like the nothing like you've ever seen before. I mean, I don't know if you've been to any restaurants with Buley's, but ours are, ours are a lot different. Cause like, I know at least one of them for sure was built hundred percent by Buley, but then the other ones, I think maybe they had another guy that had done it, but Buley did some modifications to it, things like that. Uh, but they're of course offsets. They, like I said, it's hard to it's hard to explain what they are without you seeing them because they are so unique. Uh, we've got one, two, three, four pits that we that we run back there. Mm -hmm. And what sizes? Um, so the the biggest pit we have, I want to say it's probably I think it's about 16 feet long. It's essentially just like a big ass box. It's called Clifford because it's a big red pit. Uh, and then the other one that we have, it's a little bit smaller. It's, it's kind of a weird pit. It's like a semi reverse flow. Uh, I don't use that one as much anymore because once we got that big pit, it's got two racks on it. So I can pretty much cook everything, but ribs on that pit. I can cook ribs on there, but I don't like to. Then we've got a, uh, have you ever been to Ragel's? Yeah. So he's got a the rib the same rib at least he used to I don't know if he still does but the rib pit that we have is the same that he's got it's got like this little stone that's inside there uh, and it's it's like an upright like looks like a cabinet kind of it's kind of almost like a rectangle and then we've got a uh, direct heat pit that we use um, and it's you know standard you know standard direct uh, heat pit. Nice, nice. So essentially what you've been able to do, which is, is fortunate, right, is you've been able to learn how to run a business. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's not something that you currently own. So you've been able to kind of practice all of that to eventually open your own place. Is that the plan? I've seen yes. Sunbird kind of coming around there. And tell us a little bit about your plans and kind of what you got coming Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. I got the stickers so, out and everything already. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, even in my beginning days, when I first got into barbecue, like I've always known that I wanted to eventually own my own thing. 
my plan had always been to um, move back home to DFW to open up a spot. Uh, but, you know, we've been waiting and my, uh, my oldest is in high school. And so he's got, I think he's a freshman right now. So, you know, our plan was to wait until he graduated and then we would move back to Dallas, the Dallas area and open up a spot. My uh, best friend from back home, uh, brews beer. And so we had always talked about opening up our own spot together one day. And, uh, then it just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, we had some things fall through that I wasn't happy with, uh, at Bodacious and David that I work with. Um, he just one day was like, dude, why don't we just open up our own spot? And I, like at first I kind of thought he was kidding, you know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. cause he kind of, he's, uh, his whole thing was he's always wanted to move, uh, he was, you know, looking to retire and maybe move out to Alabama, Gulf Shores. And, uh, but yeah, he just said, dude, why not? You know, like we know what we're doing. We're, we're both incredibly passionate about this. He kind of started the same way that I did. He was a backyard guy and he just DM'd me one day when I was hiring and met him and we became real close and yeah, he was like, dude, screw it. Let's just do it. So I was like, okay. So we've uh, just been kind of planning it and talking and, uh, you know, we've been, it's been in the works for a while, but it's finally starting to materialize. Like we're getting closer uh, every day to opening. Uh, I don't know for sure yet, but I'm hoping that within the next two to three, and I'll just say just to be safe a month, hopefully we'll be ready. We're just trying to get some legal stuff uh, finished right now, but we're, uh, we've got a trailer we bought uh, Evie May's original big red trailer that they started in. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we have their big-ass rig, uh, and it's uh, it's fully it's turnkey ready. It's got a pit on there that Arnis built. Uh, it's got everything we need. Like I said, it's turnkey ready. That is pretty incredible, man. I did not know that. That's so Yeah, I, I've three... been trying. Go ahead. You said two to three months? Is that... So two to four weeks is when we're hoping maybe we'll be we'll be started. Really? Wow. Yeah, I did not was... know it was that it was that soon. This is great. I'm glad we're we're recording this. Um, I'm sure with everyone you've talked to, you know how opening a, a spot goes. Even though it's a trailer, like you know, we still have the little hiccups and stuff. So you know, who who knows? It it could get pushed, but we're we're hopeful that that it'll be that time frame. Yeah, man, that's congratulations. That's that's incredible, man. Yeah. I, I there's there's nothing like it. I mean, you know, owning your own place, being your own boss is, I mean, it's great, but it's, I mean, it's hard work too. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. you, you know, you know how hard it is, but you've been doing it with you know someone else's business, but now to have your own is going to be fantastic. Are, yeah, are you sure, man. doing both or no? You- I I once. Once we know for sure, like our opening date, you know, I will, I will let them know, you know, obviously I plan on giving them notice that I will be leaving. Uh, I'm sure that they, they probably have heard murmurings because it hasn't been like real quiet, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I'm, I'm like, words can't describe how thankful I am for everything I've gotten um, from working at Bodacious. I mean, they've, 
they've been like family to me and they I wouldn't be even talking to you about opening my own spot if it wasn't for everything I've been through with Bodacious, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll forever be thankful for them. Uh, so obviously I want to do whatever I can to help them transition for, you know, me leaving. Cause like, obviously I don't, I don't want to just call them up and say, Hey, I'm out guys. Good luck. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't want anything. I don't want anything negative to happen in that place. I love it. And it, it means a lot to me, you know? So, so are you going to be still there in Longview or are you going to, mm-hmm. are you going to move back? Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, the, the plan right now is we have, we have a few guys that are, that are friends of ours that are local business owners that are going in on this with us to help us with the business side of everything. And uh, they've got a spot uh, right down the road from where I'm at. It's um, probably about maybe 10, 15 minutes from my house. Uh, just right down the road, it's uh, actually at a, they have a, a gas station that they own that also has a, a a restaurant in it, and so you know the plan is for us to start out. We'll be we'll park our trailer over there and then kind of just see where it goes from there. We've got obviously got some big plans for things and and uh, and all that, but yeah, so we'll we'll still be in Longview. I mean, my my end goal one day is to eventually move back to DFW just because like. I'm a, I'm a city boy and I miss, I miss being closer to my family, but you know, I've really grown to love Longview and the community here. And like, I really want to help grow it. You know, it's Longview has grown rapidly since I first moved here from it being so small with nothing here. And I definitely want to be a part of the growth in the community. So who knows? I mean, you know, obviously plans have changed. I thought I was going to move, you know, 10 years ago, I thought I was going to go back home and, here I am and I've, I've got a house here. My, my wife's family's here. Like, you know, it's not, it's not crazy to think that I could just stay here if, if all of this works out for us. But I also just kind of one of those people that, you know, whatever happens, happens. I believe everything happens for a reason. So I'm just kind of going with the flow and we'll see what happens, man. Like I, you know, you can make plans all day, but I mean, shit, that, that can change in an instant. Oh man, you're you're telling me. I, I moved out to California in September of 2017, mm-hmm. and my plan was to be out here for about three years, you know, or so, um, and then move back to Texas. That that's what my original plan was, mm-hmm. and uh, not anymore. My I have a 11th grader that uh, she's talking about going to college in in here in California. Okay, and, uh, you know, in my 12 almost 13 year old is like dad i'm not going back to texas so my wife too she i mean they love it here so like now i'm stuck man i was like i was planning to be back in texas so that's why i go back a lot and people are like now that you live in california than i did when you lived in texas (laughs) but yeah i guess i have to add uh longview to uh to my list whenever i get back dude we definitely have to come and see you that's what I'm trying to do, man. Like, you know, we, uh, everyone, when they come to Texas always goes to Austin and Houston and now, you know, DFW starting to blow up, but you know, we've got some good, uh, good spots out here in Longview and, and I'm hoping that maybe once we get open, that that'll be another spot that people want to come see. Cause you know, Longview is a great place. It's, you know, there's a lot of, of good places out here to add to barbecue road trips. And so I definitely want, more people to give some more love to, to East Texas, man. Well, and you, and you're just such a good dude too, that everybody, 
everybody loves you and and i think that you know that'll that'll uh, definitely get folks out there now let's talk about the most important my my favorite thing of all the menu the food uh, yeah you know you're definitely one of the one of the talented young guns out there that's really throwing it down uh let's talk about your menu kind of um what you plan on on cooking with sunbird and mm. um and talk about some of those sausages that you're that you're pumping out over there that are that are incredible so yeah let's yeah, talk about well, that. first of all yeah first of all thank you for for saying that i really appreciate yeah. that you know I, I, that means more to me than anything just having people that love it and support it but uh, as far as the menu goes man like it's going to be a lot of the same stuff that I'm doing at Moberly just because, like I said, I, I treat that place like it's my restaurant. So and I have free reign on what I make. So a lot of the the menu will be the same. The only thing that will be different is I'm hoping that with the change uh, to the other side of town that we're taking, maybe some more of the, you know, chef driven things or a little more experimental things that I've wanted to try uh, might go over a little bit better out there. Uh, mm -hmm. something else I'm really, really wanting to start adding to our menu. If you follow me on social is tacos. Um, mm -hmm. I have always been like super obsessed with, with Tex-Mex flavors and things like that. And, uh, so I've been really, really trying to experiment with that, dial that in. Right. Cause like, I'm not the kind of person that I'm just going to throw, uh, you know, whatever, like a piece of brisket on a tortilla and say, Oh, look at me. I make tacos now. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm -hmm. I respect the cuisine so much that like I want to pay respect if I'm going to put it on the menu. I want anyone that comes to eat it to, to think that it's that it's special. I'm not just, you know, when I say Tex-Mex, I don't mean I'm going to smother it in queso and expect that to, to move, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, I want to do a lot of that. Like I said, I'm, I'm super into that. So it will be more tacos, more Tex-Mex inspired things, more dishes, because we will have, like I said, We'll have an actual kitchen at our disposal now. Uh, at Moberly, our kitchen is a little home uh, oven. Like it's literally one of those cheap ovens you would find at a house with an oven and like the electric burners. Like that—that's our kitchen at Moberly, and it's in the pit room. <laughs> we don't—we don't have anything other than that. So my wife, uh, Kimmy, that's—that's that's what she makes all her stuff on. But now we'll have an actual uh, prep kitchen, so we can get a little bit more creative with the offerings. Uh, so like I said, a lot of that, uh, obviously, uh, with the sausage and the boudin still, uh, I'm constantly trying to come up with new sausages and new flavors and things like that. So as far as that goes, man, it's it, that's a, the sausage has always been a real fun collaborative effort with my wife. Uh, I bounce ideas off of her or she might tell me something that I should try. And so I take an idea that she has and I kind of figure out and make it into a sausage. And so that's something that I've, uh, if you've seen anything else I posted, I used to hate making sausage, but now I'm like obsessed with it. Like it's so fun just trying to figure it out. Like it took me a long time to get the way it is now. And we recently changed briskets. And so I had to relearn how to make the ratios and everything. So it's an ongoing battle of trying to get that down, but it's, it's fun, man. I mean, I love, taking all different kinds of flavors and, and putting it into a sausage. Cause like you can really just get as crazy with it as you want, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I keep seeing the pictures of that poblano taco sausage. Yeah. Like talk to me a, a little bit about that one, man. It just, it looks so incredible. 
Well, kind so, of, so I mean, I, without giving away your secrets, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, man, it's all good. Yeah. I mean, everything yeah. that you know, the the secrets and the seasonings and the the ratios and everything, right? But like that sausage was really inspired by the uh, chili relleno sausage at Tejas. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like obviously that's a sausage that everyone goes crazy over, and like obviously it's it's you know it's different, but that was really the inspiration for it, right? So like. I had a taco sausage that I used to make that kind of was like paying homage to like being a child where you would get like just the the cheap little uh, I can't remember the brand, but like the taco kits you would get at home where it was like the hard shells and it had the seasoning and everything in there, you know. So I used to make this taco sausage that was really like, you know, like I said, paying homage to that because like that was such a fun part of my childhood eating taco like just the little cheap, easy throw together tacos. And mm -hmm. so I had a sausage where I used a lot of those same kind of flavors. And then I thought, you know, what if I kind of elevated that? And so I tweaked the seasonings, uh, added in a, a crap ton of cilantro, the poblanos, uh, the cheese that's in there is the asadero cheese. Mm. Uh, so it's like, yeah, it's like super rich and creamy and like, it's just, uh, whenever i posted it like i i'm usually like super humble and like i'm never going to be the person out here tooting my horn and stuff but like i was like so happy with that sausage like i literally think it's the best sausage i've ever made i don't know that i'll ever make anything as good as that sausage like i'm like i am insanely proud of how well it is and like everyone that's eaten it says exactly the same thing like they just are blown away by it and so it's definitely one that will stick around you know it's not a and when I make specials, like I make them every week, you know, I don't know, like, and I just do it like once a week or sometimes we'll have them twice a week. So it's definitely not something that will be on the menu every day just because it's mm -hmm. a crap ton of prep to make. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so that's definitely one that will be a, a staple in the rotation of our sausages. Yeah. Oh, that's for me, you know, for folks like me that, that love to travel and eat barbecue, that's a lot of times that's what you're looking for. You know, I want to find some new item. Uh, the Tejas, the chile relleno sausages just blows me away, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and sausages just become such a such an awesome thing for everyone. When mm -hmm. Tells from the Pits guys did the, the sausage wars, man, I wish I could have been there. Just Yeah, me but, too, man. <laughs> I hope they do that again and or, and continue yeah, to do that um, because that's uh it's huge, man. Sausage is has just has just blown up, and there's folks out here in California that are doing great great things too uh, with sausage as well. So I'm excited mm. to see that going. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know we uh, we kind of uh, I felt like we whizzed through that, but you know it was. A, I know, was yeah, a, I was just. I was just looking at the clock. It's like, holy crap, have we really been talking this long? <laughs> Definitely kind of felt like it went pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I I was so happy I got to meet you at Brett's uh, uh, little gathering, his uh, his yearly yeah. his Brett Fest. <laughs> that, um, dude, that was that was a that was a badass time, dude. I had so much uh, fun hanging out with you that weekend, man. Is what uh, I remember of it, at least. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I had a rough morning that next morning, but it was yeah, great same. meeting you and your wife and and a lot of the a lot of the folks that I've always wanted to kind of hang out with and and have a beer with and and oh, and yeah. bullshit with. We we got to do it, and uh, 
thanks to Brett for for that. And um, oh yeah, that was that was amazing, man. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. The the, the you know the whole barbecue community is full of good dudes like you guys. So um, I'm just happy to to be able to hang out with you with all of you guys and and eat all of your great foods. So. Dude, I'm I'm the same way, man. Cause like, you know, all of this started for me, just like I was a backyard dude. I was a fan and I still am like, yeah, I follow like everyone. I know barbecue, like all over the place. Like I see all these different people. I make all these different friends. And like, I still geek out over meeting people too. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I straddle that line of, of being a, a barbecue cook, but also still being, you know, just like everyone else that enjoys it. Like I love, <laughs> I love eating everyone's food and seeing what everyone else is doing. Like it's super inspiring. Heck yeah, man. So one of the questions that I, I like to ask all of my, uh, uh, all of my guests is, can you tell us something about you? And you shared a lot of interesting stuff that I, that I didn't know. Can you tell us something about you that most people don't know? So now uh, we already know you got kicked out of a band. So. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Cause I mean, that that's, I mean, yeah music is obviously a huge part of my life like i love music but like everyone knows that like i talk about music a lot like i'm obsessed with it uh man i don't know man like i'm like pretty just like low like low-key about stuff like i don't know i mean i'm a i'm a pretty open book so i don't know what it would be i mean one of my favorite and i guess i kind of relate to it and it's not something i tell everyone but one of my favorite interviews i heard uh, on your show a long time ago was miguel and I remember him talking, I'm pretty sure it was him where he had talked about like, he has like a guilty pleasure of watching like reality shows. And I'm, I'm dude, I'm the same way. Me and my wife, like when we hang out on the weekends, like we'll sit in our room and drink beer and just watch like trashy reality TV. Like I, I love it, man. Like I live for the drama. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know like if that would be it, man. Cause other than that, dude, like I'm pretty just like a chill dude. Like I have two kids, a bunch of pets. I'd, I work and I play video games and then I do it again. Like it's, that's pretty much it, man. My life revolves around barbecue and listening to music and I'm super into sports as we kind of briefly talked about. I think it was before the recording, uh, like diehard uh, Dallas sports fan, but everyone knows that because I talk shit with all my Houston friends because they know how I feel about all their trash teams. Um, (laughs) dude every time i go to houston i always make sure that i have on either my mavs hat or my cowboys hat because i know it pisses everyone off (laughs) but it's all a good fun man i mean i love screwing around with people but so i don't know man i mean like i said i'm an open book and that that's just that's my life man music barbecue and, and my family sweet man well, I appreciate you taking the time. Say hi to Kimmy for me. Um, cool, and yeah, dude, let's get together soon. I, I plan to be back in Texas uh, within maybe the next month or so. Hope to see you guys soon. And uh, good luck with Sunbird, man. I'll be on the lookout. Um, where can folks follow you on uh, Instagram or social media? So my personal page is just my name. It's Brian C. Bingham. Uh, and then if you want to follow Sunbird, we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's all the same. It's Sunbird BBQ. Uh, I tried to make all the, the tags the same so it's easy to find us. Uh, so as soon as we get an open date, we'll post on there. Uh, we've, got, we've got some cool stuff coming up. We've got our next pop-up will be May 29th at uh, Great Raft in, uh, Brewing in Shreveport. 
and then I don't know when this episode will come out, but we also have we'll be at Red Dirt this Saturday. So well, as Sunbird. So sweet, sweet. I wish I was going to Red Dirt, man. God, I, I really wish I was. But, you know, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm excited that we're able to, man. I mean, I. I'm kind of surprised, you know, with us being newbies that that they would have us there. But hopefully, hopefully people will come out to see us and love the food we're bringing because we got some pretty cool stuff that we're bringing. So, yeah. Hey, one last thing, Sunbird. Where where did the name come from? So, I was trying to figure out what to name it. You know, I didn't want it to have a goofy name. I didn't want it to be my name just because it's not it's not just my spot. Like it's me and David. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting there trying to figure out and uh, Phoenix came to mind because that's the whole the our logo is a Phoenix. And mm-hmm. I just like the whole, you know, everyone knows about the Phoenix, you know, rise from the ashes and everything. And so, like, to me, it kind of felt like it was real symbolic to where we were at, because like like I had prefaced earlier with some stuff that that fell through, I was kind of upset about. And so this just kind of felt like a rebirth for us. And so I didn't want to call it like Phoenix barbecue or something like hokey or whatever. So I had found this little short story where they were talking about a Phoenix. They were talking about it was this group of people and they were going to eat a Phoenix and they called it a sunbird. And I just thought that that was such a cool name. And so it just kind of all kind of came together and, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's pretty badass. Like I'm real happy with the, the logo we got for it. Uh, I've, like i don't know i just we all love it and we're super stoked about it hell yeah man it, it's a great name great name and great logo man i'm ready to i'm ready to get some stickers we, we need to do, we need to do some sticker swap here yeah man i've got uh i've got uh, a few like different uh colors and designs like i said i'd shown you that one on my bottle i've got that and a few other ones so uh send me you know if you send me a message with your address i've got like a gazillion people I need to, that I have been forgetting about sending stickers out to you. So I'll definitely get you some and hopefully we'll have merch soon that we can start selling to people. Uh, but for sure we can get you some stickers, man. All right, brother. Well, thanks again, man. And take care of yourself. Good luck. Yeah, bro. Thank you. Appreciate you taking the time, man. As always, thank you for tuning in to the I Crush Barbecue Show. Remember, if you like the show, please help us reach more listeners by leaving us a five-star rating on your favorite listening app. Subscribe to get all past and future shows and share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok at I Crush BBQ Show. Or you can just email me at iCrushBBQShow at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue.